Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 74 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to pray that the Lord teach us how to minister properly, that we might be known as those who minister unto the Lord for his glory and not to the people for popularity. Today we continue with the second half of yesterday's message based out of the story of Eli and the church at Shiloh, where we saw the consequences of walking in a complacent and compromising ministry. But today we take it further and we see how it affected him generationally. And while yesterday we saw the things that were so displeasing to the Lord, today we're going to see very clearly laid out in scripture the type of ministry that pleases God's heart. So picking up where we left off, where the glory had departed from Shiloh, we follow the history of of Eli's lineage and see the truly powerful message that God was leaving us through the entirety of this story. All right, the curse completed as the family character resurfaces. Abiathar is the last high priest of Eli's line, and we gotta cover his story too. The complacent, compromising priesthood and the faithful, holy, righteous remnant priesthood. All right, 1 Samuel, you don't have to go there, Two. 35 said, you'll remember this was the last part of the the curse. He said, and I will raise me up a faithful priesthood that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. All right. Eli is promised that his house will continue, but it will always be cut short because there is a root of rebellion, pride and selfishness in it. Remember the curse, I mean, not the curse, well, it is a curse, but remember the first uh, blessing with promise? Children, obey your parents, and right? Live long. Live long. long. Yeah. So these children were, even though he didn't make them obey, there was a curse upon them by default because they were refusing to listen to their parents when he did tell them the right thing to do. Now, they were. he was guilty because he didn't make them. But they were guilty. They had heaped the curse upon themselves regardless because they didn't listen. So these things do still apply. The blood of Jesus breaks every curse, but not when you're continually actively still doing that thing. You're heaping the curse back upon you over and over and over and over. So ministers that won't listen to God like Eli are cursed with shortened ministries. Though allowed to persist as a priest, the individual ministries get abruptly cut off in their prime. Abiathar was the direct descendant of Eli from the line of Phinehas. Zadok, who was another priest that served with uh, Abiathar, there were two priests serving at this time, Abiathar and Zadok. Zadok was a direct descendant of Phinehas. We remember Phinehas? We love Phinehas. Phinehas was the priest from the story of Balaam, Whenever the Israelites had been coerced into sinning, the congregation was coerced into sinning, and Phineas, who was the son of Eleazar, the grandson of Aaron, 
got filled with a righteous indignation and ran in with a javelin and literally killed two offenders on the doorsteps who were fornicating on the doorstep of the temple and he killed them and it stayed the anger of the Lord and the plague ceased because they were being wiped out. That was Phineas. He was a righteous priest. So Zadok is a direct descendant from Phineas. So he's part of this Aaron bloodline. Now Abiathar is a direct descendant from Phinehas. Notice how similar the names? There's always a counterfeit bloodline. If you notice, I always notice this like in the children of Cain, how their names are similar and sometimes the same as the children of Seth, but they're always wicked, they're twisted, they're counterfeit. They're almost right, but not quite. There's something wrong there. Yeah. So you see the same thing. Now these are both lineages from Aaron. They both started from Aaron. They have right to the priesthood. One was from, uh, Abiathar's line was from uh, Ithamar, which was Aaron's youngest son. And the other was from, Zadok was from Eleazar. So, but they're both priests at the same time. Now let me explain a little bit here. Zadok's name means one who has been proven to be righteous. He has stood the test of time and he has been proven to be righteous. Abiathar's name means my father is great. Lowercase f, hey, my daddy's a priest. I'm in the priesthood. I deserve this position. I'm getting up here. Or for us, since we're all in the priesthood, hey, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. So I'm just going to put myself here. But are you endorsed by heaven? Have you been proven to be righteous? There's a lot of people ministering that get into ministry, get into position, or are put in position that have not yet proven themselves to be righteous. That's why Timothy said, do not appoint a novice to the office of a bishop, lest he be puffed up with pride, taken down by the devil, and put God to a shame. You have to be proven to be righteous, to be put in a position where you are going to represent God. David, we got to go through this story in 2 Samuel 15. Go to 15, 24. David usurped and betrayed. Because I have to show you how the lives of Abiathar and Zadok play out to show you the actual full fulfillment of the curse that was placed on this house. And you will see some very, very interesting things here. David and his faithful had fleed as Absalom steals his congregation by flattery and deceit. Um, I'm not sure where I started, so I'll just go ahead and give you the background on this. Uh, Absalom was David's son. David, of course, we look at as a type of Christ. Uh, he was a like a representation of Christ. David had a son who was Absalom, so we could look at this as like a disciple or a spiritual son, you know, and he had been raising him up. Well, while he's ministering, Absalom starts doing this thing where anybody in the congregation that comes with a complaint to bring it before the king, he cuts them off and he starts talking to them about, hey, what's the issue? What's the problem? You can tell it to me. And so as they tell him, he starts siding with them. Oh, well, you know, if I was king, I would do this and it would be in your favor. And he seals it with a kiss. So here we have a disciple of David, a son of David, who is an archetype of Christ, who is at the same time usurping, trying to steal the kingdom from his father and betraying him with a kiss. So this goes on too. He ends up taking over the kingdom because all of the congregation now are siding with the betrayer and usurper. And David realizes it and he's like, you know what, we better run because he's a bad dude and we don't trust him, even though it's his own son. So they run and they take his people that are faithful out across the river. 
And so this is where we start. And lo, Zadok also and all the Levites were with him. They were with David. Bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God, they were taking the presence. The presence was going with David. It ain't getting taken by no betrayer or usurper. And they set down the Ark of God and Abiathar went up. So Abiathar and Zadok were both with David and being loyal to David. So they're both serving in proper good right ministries. Until all the people had done passing out of the city and the king said to Zadok, carry back the Ark of God into the city if I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace. And your two sons with you, Zadok is trusted by David. He has proven himself stable and faithful through many battles at David's side. This is not the first time he appears, but I just can't cover all of it. Uh, he has strong discernment and spiritual gifts to see what others do not see. This is part of the reason that David trusted to send him back into the city. He's like, no, look, you go back into the city and stay under Absalom's, under Absalom's rule. Because you have good discernment. You're a seer. You see what others do not see and you understand it. So he was, he was prophetic. That's, they said that uh, seers were called prophets. Prophets. He was pro yeah. Right. And I can trust you. So I'm going to send you back in. So David sent him back into the enemy's territory as an insurgent to the insurgent. All right. So Ahithophel was David's counselor first, but he stayed and now he's counseling uh, Absalom. So he's like, look, I'm going to send you guys back in as spies so that y'all can kind of tell me what's going on. These two priests carry the word, everything that Absalom says, his every move, they send, they go and they tell their sons and their sons run out and tell that to David. All right. So they keep a watchful eye on the enemy of David. David is a type of Christ. So this represents the enemy of Christ. They're keeping, these are priests. They're keeping a watchful eye. On the enemy, they're praying, they're interceding, they're sending word to him. Absalom, who had betrayed David, his father, with deceitful kisses and flatteries to the people, ended up, without going through the whole story, his reign, like he is not in the throne very long, maybe even a matter of a few days, before his donkey takes off running and he gets pinned in, in a tree, in the fork of the tree, and he's hanged in a tree. So remember this archetype of the betrayer who betrays David, who is an archetype of Christ with a kiss who ends up dying hanged in a tree. He is betrayed. He is a type of Judas. So when David, that type of Christ, heard, it says that he wept for Absalom, the betrayer, who was a type of Judas. And he literally said that I would have died for him. So you see in this, what you don't see in the New Testament, Christ's broken heart for Judas. That he died for him too. Redemption was there for him. He just didn't take it. So David is weeping over his son who had betrayed him, but now is hanged in a tree and saying, I would have died for him. Okay. So Abiathar is mentioned early on serving David with Zadok, but later vanishes from the story. Why? Here's why. Go to 1 Kings 1.4. And the damsel was very fair and cherished the king and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. Then 
Abanajan, the son of Haggith, Haggith was one of David's wives, then Abanajan exalted himself, saying, I will be king, and he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. So here we go. There's another issue. David's been kind of sick, and uh, his son, another son, jumps up, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to be king. Now, the, the kingdom had already been promised to Solomon. So his other son is now saying he's exalting himself. He has not been called to this position, and the position has already been ordained but he is exalting himself to this position. And what does he do? He goes and he makes a way. He prepares chariots and horsemen and men to run before him so that he looks like he has the endorsement, but he does not have the endorsement. And we see this a lot in ministries. An identifier of the Abathar priesthood is that he and the people he run with exalt themselves. They build their own platforms they make their own way. They do what they want to do. Not They are not called of God. Remember how many times God called Samuel. Samuel never went until he was called. But Abiathar, he goes and positions himself. Now, it's interesting because Danny didn't know any of this, but he posted something on Facebook, and I had to pull a piece from it because it fits. And it's, he said, In our society, self-promotion is the way to get ahead. But prayer is the great leveler. In prayer, there is no rich or poor, male or female. In prayer, we are all on our knees before one who is exalted. So remember that Eli was not a man of prayer, or else he would have recognized Hannah's spirit of travail and posture of prayer. So if you are a person of prayer, you are humbling yourself, God will exalt you. But you will notice that anybody who seeks to exalt themselves or position themselves, it's because they are not a person of prayer. God has not called them. If God commissions you, God himself will position you. When a person moves to position themselves, you can rest assured that they also commission themselves. When God calls you, he goes before you and prepares a way where there is no way. If it's not impossible yet, then it's still your plan. Keep praying, seeking, and waiting. His plan will be the one that can't be done by anybody but him. I can tell you in my own personal life that I have never, not even one time, ever asked for a position. I've never once asked to sing a song. I've never once asked for a pulpit. I've never once asked. In fact, when I was a kid, because I was raised up in church and I saw the people that wanted to get up and sing to get attention on themselves. I saw the performance, I saw the fakery, and it made my spirit sick. So I determined from a small child, I will never ask to go up and sing. But if I am asked, then I will. There would be people in the congregation that would ask, hey Miranda, would you go sing that song or whatever? And I'd sing a song, but it was always when somebody else asked me, I never once asked to play on the worship team, I never asked to sing a song, I never asked to teach, I never asked to do any of it. God would call. There would be people would say, hey, would you go sing this song? Okay, that's fine. Would you come sing this song with me? Okay. We had a worship team. They all bailed on us right before a big uh, youth rally that we were doing out of state. Daddy says, we need a team. We need worship team. Will you play? Okay. I didn't ask. He asked me. Okay, I'll play. So we started playing on the worship team. Mama was leading worship. 
and I was on the keyboard. Never once did I ever say, I want to do this song, can I do this song, ever. Occasionally, a Shannon, a lot of times, would ask me to do a song sometimes, and that would be it. Then, in Baton Rouge, I never even told these people that I did worship, so I never asked. Uh, Miss Helen, out of nowhere, she says, I feel like the Lord is telling me that she, uh, for you to lead worship, we have an ev um, evangelist coming. It was Brother Paul. I had never heard him yet before. And she said, I, I feel like God wants me to tell you to lead worship. And I'm thinking, how do they even know that I lead worship? Because there's another girl there who's always begging to lead worship. But, and then she gets really mad. And actually, that's y'all have heard me give the testimony before of the girl that like went around Baton Rouge trying to s destroy my reputation because she kept asking for the position and it was given to someone who didn't ask. So she got mad. There wasn't a Biothar spirit. She got cut off early in her ministry. But anyway, so I said, okay, well, they asked. So I led worship for that service. And Brother Paul was the first time I met him. He came and he gave me a word. He said, I see that you've been in the background. God has had you hidden for a long time. I see you in the back, but he's about to rotate it and bring you to the front. And the first place he's going to do it is in worship. So when he calls you out of that boat, don't be afraid. Step out of it. Well, about two weeks later, Mama had been leading worship for years. She tells Daddy that um, Strohshine's church in Alexandria didn't have any music, any musicians. any. They had nobody. They were in a bind. She says, I feel the Lord telling me to go help them. They're in a bind. They have nobody. So she left, and Daddy's like, okay, well... Now we have no worship leader. Miranda, you're leading worship. Never ask. Position. When, you, when God commissions you, he will go before you and position you. You don't ever have to make your way. That's why I'm kind of against um, Bible colleges because it gives you the tools to commission and position yourself. Whereas if God is calling you, he's going to make a way. If he has to perform a miracle in front of the people to make them turn around and look, he'll do it if he's really called you to that place. But um, long story short, you know, basically, so then I started leading worship because there was a need. The spirit started falling, started going. Then I would ask Jacob, Jacob, I don't ever recall ever asking to do a song. If I asked him to do the song, he still he doesn't ask. Half the times I'm like, hey, Jacob, you're doing this. You know, and he doesn't ever ask. He was in church for like a year before we even knew he played guitar. So, and I don't remember, like, daddy's never like asked for a pulpit. It's always, God has always gone before and positioned. So I'm always leery of people when they come up to me and ask for a position because if God had commissioned you, he'd already be moving this together. So you see this in the identification of that Abiathar spirit. It's a usurping spirit. It has to make its own way. When God calls you, he's going to make your way no matter what. Nothing's going to stand against it. In fact, I will say this, that I've had to say no to many stages and platforms that God told me were not of God. So not only have I never asked for one, but I've had to say no to a lot because God was saying, no, it's a trap of the enemy. No, these are a bunch of Abiathars and they're trying to pull you into their camp. Don't go. So understand the way that these characteristics work so that you can identify them. Now, nobody is stuck on either side. A person that has been operating under the character of Zadok can be pulled into the character of Abiathar. That's what they were trying to do, but God was saying, no, don't go to these places. And a person that has operated under the, the character of Abiathar can repent, change, turn around, seek the Lord, become a man of prayer, and be pulled into the priesthood of Zadok. I want to say that. So if you're saying, oh, that's, I've done that, and don't think like it. 
hopeless. It's not. I'm just showing you identifiers so you recognize the influence of these spirits. So, okay, continuing on. 1 Kings 1, chapter 7. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruah, and with Abiathar, the priest. All right, so remember this, this son of David that decided to exalt himself, make himself king, send all of these trumpets out before him. You know what? I'm going to have a big conference and I'm going to make it happen. He consults with who? Abiathar, the priest. Who? What priest can I get to come into my camp, to come into alignment with me on this, to usurp my king and to set myself up, Abiathar? And they followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok the priest and Benahah the son of Jehoiada and Nathan the prophet and Shimei and Ray and the mighty men which belonged to David, they belonged to Christ, were not with Adonijah. Zadok doesn't help him, but Abiathar does. He was not com- called or commissioned to be over this people or this congregation. He positioned himself and Abiathar helped him to do it. Temptation to rise to the top faster than he ought took over him along with other temptations lying dormant in his heart. Uh, go down to verse 9. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zeholith, which is by in Rogel, and called all the brethren, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet and Benaniah and the mighty men and Solomon his brother he called not. Yeah, you notice here, like he's avoiding the prophets. Anytime you call a meeting and you don't invite the prophets, it's because you know you're doing something wrong. There was no man of God among them. All of them were, the only priest was Abiathar. That word, the stone of Zahelius, it literally means serpent. They were sacrificing on the rock of the serpent. What were they sacrificing? Sheep and oxen. They were sacrificing the sheep on the altar of Satan to get a position that they were not called to. They sold out to jump on board with a selfish, self-promoting, usurping, counterfeit ministry whose sheep were sacrificed to Satan on the serpent's altar. And Abiathar, the last priest of Eli's line, helped them do it. All right. Go to, we are coming to a close pretty soon. Go to verse 38. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaniah the son of Jehoiadiah and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. All right, so they're running ahead and they're saying, okay, there's an ordination going on here. We got to do a real one over here. And Zodak, Zadok the priest took the horn of oil. Now, during all of this, we kind of skipped some of the story. Uh, Nathan goes to Beersheba and she goes to um, David and they tell him that this is happening. And they're like, didn't you promise the kingdom to Solomon? And he's like, yeah, no, go stop this. So they rush off ahead and he calls. Who does he call out of all of the people when everything is breaking loose and going crazy? He calls Zadok 
the one he trusts, the one who was a man of prayer, the one who was faithful, the one who has been proven righteous. He calls him and sends him out with the horn of oil to anoint out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon to anoint the new king. And they blew the trumpet and all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. And Ahanajah and all the guests that were with him heard it as they had made an end of eating. So they're over here doing their little counterfeit church service. And all of a sudden they hear the sound of a real church service. The presence is here. The anointing is here. The real king is here. What's going on over there? And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, Wherefore is the noise of the city being in an uproar? And while he yet spake, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came. And Abinadab said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bringest good tidings. And Jonathan answered and said unto Abinadab, Verily our lord King David hath made Solomon king. And the king hath sent with him Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, you know, the ones that you didn't want at your party because they knew the truth. And they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon. And they are come up from thence rejoicing so that the city rang again. This is the noise that ye have heard and also Solomon sitteth on the throne of the kingdom. So while you were out here putting together your little counterfeit service, thinking that you're going to make yourself something mighty, the king is sitting on the throne and he's come down and this has been the real service over here. And guess who was part of it? You know, the ones you left out, Nathan the prophet and Zadok. They've been called. You tried to position yourself. You tried to exalt yourself. They were called. Yeah, rode on the king's mule. Why? Because he was in waiting. He was there. He didn't try to position himself. He didn't try to push himself out there. So he was ready and waiting when the king called. He found, he proved himself righteous. All right, the root of rebellion and selfish lust sprang up in Abiathar and his ministry, and it was cut short by it. But David calls for Zadok. Abiathar ran with those who sought to make their own position. They called themselves, but David called Zadok. Zadok was faithful to obey the will of the Lord, so fulfilling the prophecy that God would raise up a priesthood of the remnant that would do what was in God's heart rather than his own heart. Zadok's priesthood was the fulfillment of that prophecy. And in shutting down Abiathar, Abiathar gets stripped and then Zadok gets promoted. Therefore, Eli's house is cut off and a true priesthood is raised up. Now, I want you to notice something here. Abiathar and his son Jonathan were the fourth and fifth generation from Eli. Sins, the iniquities of the father were visited upon the sons in the fourth and fifth generation. Now, let me explain something. God didn't make this happen to him just out of nowhere. When God pronounced that curse, he was telling them, what you are doing now is going to result in this happening in the fourth and fifth generation of your... Right. 
The word is the seed. God's word is a seed. We see that throughout scripture in the parable of the sower. Jesus is a seed, but his word is a seed. When he speaks something to you, it plants a seed in you. If you receive it, if you hear it and obey it, it takes root and then it bears fruit in your life and in your children's life. Now, when God speaks something to you and then the devil comes to you and says, no, you don't have to listen to that. Try it this way. That's the devil planting a seed. You listen to that and you let that take root, then it's going to bear fruit in your life and in your children's life and in your children's life. The word of God came forth. He had the opportunity to receive the right seed. God told him, deal with your children. But obviously the devil got in the other ear and said, no, you don't have to do that. It'll work out okay if you just let this go or let somebody else deal with it or pray for God to deal with it. He obviously chose to receive that seed. And so it took root in his heart and he became the root of the fruit that manifested in his children's life because they were brought up in a lineage of compromise. It was okay to them. They were never taught to restrain themselves and wait on the Lord and seek the Lord because he never made them restrain themselves. He never restrained them. And it continued through the lineage until it manifested farther down the line. So I am, I am convinced that when a curse is pronounced in scripture, it's not really what we think of as him causing it to happen. It's just a prophetic word telling you, this is gonna be the consequences of you not trusting me on this. I say correct your children. If you don't, this is how it's gonna play out. I say correct your church. If not, this is how it's going to play out. God says to correct them and we have to listen. Go down to 26 and we are almost through. 26. All right, Abiathar is stripped and cast out of his ministry, cut off in its prime. And unto Abiathar the priest said, the king, get thee unto thine own fields. So he's telling Abiathar, look, you're done. Like your faith ministry is shut down. Get back to your own field. For thou art worthy of death. In other words, I should kill you. But I will not at this time put thee to death because thou bearest the ark of the Lord God before David my father. And because thou hast been afflicted in all therein, my father was afflicted. So Solomon thrust out Abiathar from being priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spake concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. So he received the curse of Ichabod, the glory, the presence, the priesthood was all the anointing. It all was stripped from him. So really quick looking at identifiers for the Zadok priest. What were the characteristics of Zadok that the Lord found so pleasing? Zadok was faithful, steadfast, and committed, never once swaying from his call once he had stepped into it, not once, no going back and forth. He was Once he stepped into his ministry call, there was no up and down, back and forth. He stuck it out. He was faithful. God knows he can trust Zadok. Can he trust you with his presence? Zadok, he knows he can trust. Zadok has proven himself to be righteous and faithful over the long haul. Zadok priests teach people to discern. This was in another passage that I didn't pull up because I know we have too much reading. But it says that they, dis- they teach the people how to discern between the profane and the clean, uh, between the holy and the unholy. When usurpers and counterfeits arise to throw things out of God's will and plan, God calls for a Zadok. 
Zadok sees what others don't see, discern what others don't discern because of their closeness and faithfulness to God. Ezekiel 43, 19 says, And thou shalt give to the priest the Levites that be of the seed of Zadok, which approach unto me to minister unto me, saith the Lord God, a young bullock for a sin offering. So, the priests that are Zadok priests, they minister to the Lord. They don't minister to the people. They don't sing a song for the people, for the crowd. They sing to the Lord. They don't preach a sermon to please the people. They preach a sermon to please the Lord. They don't pray for people to see them. They pray to minister to the Lord. They are friends of God. They are close to the Lord. Zadok priests are the only ones allowed, and get this, this is going to tie together. You want to know how to open the gates? Zadok priests are the only ones allowed to enter the gates of God's presence. They are the gatekeepers. The glory departs from all others. The others can serve in maintaining the building and other services, but they can't be. They can't be in the Holy of Holies. They can't be in the present because God doesn't trust them with his presence. If you want to open the gates of heaven in your church, make sure that everyone in ministry are Zadoks. Watch this. We're going to be closing really soon. Go to Ezekiel 44. I only have one more passage after this. Go to Ezekiel 44, 12. Ezekiel 44, 12. Because they ministered unto them before their idols, and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. You see, he's talking about those that followed the Abiathar priesthood. Therefore have I lifted up mine hand against them, saith the Lord God, and they shall bear their iniquity, and they shall not come near unto me to do the office of a priest unto me, nor to come near to any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. But I will make them keepers of the charge of the house for all the services thereof and for all that shall be done therein. In other words, you can, you can vacuum, you can greet people at the door, you know, you can do administrative work, but you're not going to be up there ushering in the presence. You're not going to be opening that gate. But the priest of the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to me to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. They shall enter into my sanctuary, and they shall come near to my table." To minister unto me. Why? Because they proved themselves faithful when Abiathar stole from his table. Abiathar tarnished the name of the sacrifice. They were faithful to it. And they will keep my charge. And it shall come to pass that when they enter into the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister in the gates of the inner courts within. It is the sons of Zadok, the Zadok priests, that go into the Holy of Holy and open up the gates of God's presence. 
The others are allowed to work out in the congregation in the tabernacle setting. They could be at the front gate where the people came in, but only the Zadok were where the presence was, where God was. They could minister to the people, let me park your car, but they couldn't minister to God, let me feel your presence, bring the glory down. Abiathar ministered at the outer gates to the people. Zadok ministered at the inner gates to the Lord. Do you minister to the people or to God? Abiathar priest can open the outer gates and let people in, but only Zadok priests can open the inner gates and let the glory of God in. Go to Jeremiah 7, 8, and this will be our last passage. I know it was long, but I had to get all the way through both lineages. Jeremiah 8, 7. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye still murder or commit adultery and swear falsely? and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods who ye know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Oh, by grace, we can do that. Mm. We are delivered to do all of these abominations. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now unto my place, which was in Shiloh. He's like, I've seen it. You think you can commit all these sins and keep coming into my house and say that grace is going to cover you or just keep asking for forgiveness? I have seen it. I'll, he said, I want you to go right now and look at the house that was in my palace, that place that was in Shiloh where I set my name at the first and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not. And I called you, but ye answered not. See, not a man of prayer. He was calling him, get up early and pray. Come and seek me and pray. I would have spoken to you. I would have warned you we could have stopped this. But you didn't hear. You didn't listen. You did not come. Not a man of prayer. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. It's not a one-time thing. It's an every-time thing. You refuse to protect the sheep and God's reputation within the church with actions and not just words. If you refuse to keep the Abiathar out of the inner courts of your ministry, God will depart from you and turn you over to the enemy, just like he did to Shiloh. If you put Zadok's in your pulpit and on your worship team, they will open the gates of heaven. You put Abiathar's there and they will close them. Worst yet, they will end up offering the sheep up on the serpent's altar for gain and selfish lust. I give this as a warning. I give it as a revelation. I give it as an insight. But I also give it for the perfecting of the saints. Because as Will read, there are vessels of honor and of dishonor. And you can purge yourself of the dishonor and become a vessel of honor. So how do we purge ourselves? Very simple. The same way you break every curse. Jesus was made a curse that we might be redeemed from the curse so you have to repent you have to acknowledge your sin and you don't have to do it now but you do have to do it 
you have to get before the Lord and I say, speak it out loud so that you can hear it and acknowledge I have done this, this, and this, and I recognize that it was a sin. It was a sin against you and a sin against your people and a sin against your blood. I repent of it. I turn away from it. I will not do it anymore. And I trust you. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me. Atone for me. And lift me from this curse. And what you do then, you receive the seed of the truth, the seed which is Jesus, the seed which is his word. It comes in. It uproots that old root, that old sin, that old tree, takes it out and plants the truth within you. And from this point on, you go on producing the good fruit and bringing the good fruit into your lineage as long as you don't return to the curse. It's that simple. Acknowledge it, speak it, repent it, leave it behind, change it, and become a man of prayer. Because if you're not in the prayer closet, you're going to end up falling back regardless. God, if there be any among us who can say, that was me, I've been the Abiathar priest, then we bend the knee and we repent, Lord. If we can say that we have sought the stage, that we have moved to position ourselves, that we have not sought the Lord and ministered unto him and moved in faith, but compromised and sinned and still walked in positions of ministry and authority, representing the kingdom unrightly, then God, we repent of it. We pray that you prick the hearts today, God. That you cause us to see the severity generationally of moving selfishly in the ministry. God, that we can actually sacrifice souls on the altar of Satan for the gain of vainglory and prosperity and a position that we have not been given by you. Your plan for us is perfect if we will just humble to it. God, you have a destination, but many miss it because they waste all their time chasing somebody else's destiny. God, I pray that you would cause people to see that they would get on their knees and seek you for what you have for them and that they would humble themselves and trust you to walk them into it after that they have allowed you to prune them and produce the peaceable fruits of righteousness in them that they might be considered a Zadok and not an Abiathar because Zadok bore the fruits. Zadok trusted you, was patient, was humble, was faithful. God, raise up those who are satisfied to minister unto the Lord until they are called or sent forth. People that chase after righteousness and not after stages or blessings or giftings. Those things will all come in their proper season. But the word of God says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. If you're not walking in righteousness, then he is not adding those things onto you. And if you grab for them, they will be coming from the wrong hand. You will end up in the wrong congregation. You will end up at the wrong coordination and you will miss the real move of God in your generation because he always exalts the humble but he abased the proud 
In fact, the word of God says that he pours more of his grace out, which is the power, favor, and influence of the Holy Spirit. Gifts and blessings are encompassed in that, and he only pours it out on the humble and humility is a fruit it's a characteristic and until you allow him to produce that in you you're never gonna go any farther than the abiathar you're gonna be in the outer courts and you might try to barge in to the inner courts but the lord will step in and and cut your ministry short because it's not those who commend themselves that the Lord approves, Paul said, but those that the Lord commends, those that the Lord calls in and positions. The Zadoks. God, I pray that you raise up more Zadok priests. And I pray that those who have been walking in the characteristic of the Abiathar might be pierced to their heart today to see the fallacy of it and fall on their knees and say, God, change me. I want to be a man or woman of legacy, of purity, of righteousness, of humility, of faithfulness, of holiness. Make me a minister that you can trust. Today I lay down this Abiathar lust and I reach for the crown of the high calling of Jesus Christ to be like Zadok, to be robed in righteousness, pure and white, to represent your character rightly and to be blessed generationally. Because this is how we step into legacy. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.